Hello there. Good evening. How is everybody doing? Uh, I know you're probably surprised to see uh, that I am on the air tonight because it has been a while. And uh, so I want to first of all say welcome in to the podcast and thank you for joining me. I've got uh, several things I want to talk to you about tonight. First of all, what's been going on with me and you might sense it or hear it in my voice. Um, I finally, I, I finally got COVID. COVID finally caught up with me and it caught up with our whole house. And so I'm hopeful that uh, I can get through the broadcast tonight. I have a mute button in case I break out into a coughing fit. And, uh, you know, it, forgive me if I have to pause for a minute. Um, I've taken every medication I can for my throat and uh, hopefully I can get through it. But uh, it's a very important conversation that we need to have tonight. Um, and I just I just couldn't not go on the air tonight. But please take a minute and say hello. Let me know uh, where you're listening in from. Uh, so I'll give you an update on my health. Uh, I'll give you a, an update and a discussion on what happened at Mar-a-Lago because it's very important. Uh, what happened at Mar-a-Lago, you know, you've heard it. Former President Trump uh, had a, a search warrant issued for his home. And I want your take on it. And uh, I also think it's a very important discussion because this is an opportunity to find out if people are interested in right versus wrong or right versus left. This is a perfect glaring example of how you can instantly know somebody's frame of mind and whether or not their judgment has been compromised by uh, partisanship. This is an easy test. Um, also, I don't know if you can hear in the background, but Carl the Cricket is back. Um, he's apparently been on, on vacation for about three or four months. He is back. So Carl the Cricket joining us in the background, if you can hear, uh, because I'm not in a beautiful studio like it looks like in the background. I'm actually in uh, one of the bedrooms in my house that we've converted into a mini uh, a mini studio, and it's a green screen behind me, and it's a, a bedroom window uh, that is just right there. And uh, so Carl's right outside. Uh, David says, how long do crickets live anyways? I don't know. But he was gone for a while, and now he is back. Uh, January Walker joining us, uh, congressional candidate for the 4th District with the United Utah Party. Uh, she says uh, she does hear the cricket. That's Carl, uh, January, named by one of our listeners. Uh, I had gone through this whole process um, when Carl first showed up to try and get rid of him. I sprayed water in the bushes. I went outside just before the podcast and I beat down the bushes and uh, he would go away for a day or two and then he would be back. And finally, we just gave in and invited him to the show. We actually got a logo uh, for Carl the Cricket. We, we sold a few t-shirts for Carl the Cricket. Uh, so he's just my co-host tonight. So uh, we just, you know, if you can't, if you can't beat him, join him. See, I can feel the cough coming. <clears throat> uh, 
hang on a second. You know, everything that I do for my job, for this podcast, for running for Congress, it all involves one thing, and that's talking. And that's the one thing that COVID did is it went right to my throat, right to my chest, and it made it so anytime I try and talk, um, I would go into these coughing fits. So please forgive me uh, if that happens. Uh, you know I was vaccinated. I was about to get boosted, but we were at the doctors on the wrong day. They were only doing boosters on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we were there on a Wednesday. So I didn't get boosted. And a week later, um, I tested positive for COVID. And then my wife tested positive for COVID. My two adult children tested positive for COVID. And I got I got to tell you, um, it uh, it rocked my world. Um, I haven't been this sick for a very, very long time, and I still am in a place this almost three weeks now where um, I'll get up and I'll do some things that are very light duty, like emptying the dishwasher, and I feel like I've run in a marathon and I'm totally exhausted and uh, go and sleep for a few hours, and I have a hard time speaking, so I've been taking everything I can for my throat. Uh, going on three weeks now, worst possible timing because I'm in the middle of campaigning uh, for uh, Congress. And I feel like both times that I've run for Congress, COVID has come for me and uh, caused some issues. Um, as you know, the last time I ran for Congress, uh, right when the campaign started going, is when the world shut down for COVID. So I did the entire campaign from my living room. Now here we are this year and, and I could actually be out and about and uh, campaigning and out in the RV, uh, the JMAC Command Center, uh, at least, you know, out and about. And I've been locked up for three, three weeks. <coughs> so... That's uh, that's been absolutely miserable, and uh, my wife is still uh, st still recovering the way I am. We we tried to do some yard work tonight, and it's like, oh my goodness, what are we thinking? But the yard's been you know out of control because we haven't been able to do those kind of things. So I am finally feeling better, but my voice is is having issues. So that's the COVID update. Uh, Jake Field joining us. Jake and Beth checking in from Tooele. Hey, guys. Uh, Orion heading out to London tonight, then on to uh, South Africa. Wow, Orion. Always traveling. He asked if I had a recent booster. No, I was going to get the booster. Uh, our doctor said, hey, have you been boosted? And we're like, my wife and I were both there. And we're like, no. And he's like, let's get you boosted. And then the nurse comes in and says, sorry, you're here on the wrong day. Uh, we only boost on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It has something to do with when they receive the boosters and how long the boosters can can last after they're opened. And so they only boost on certain days. So I have no idea what version or what variant of of the uh, the virus I got. Um, but man, it's it's rocked me pretty hardcore. And uh, every time I think that I'm that I'm finally over the hump, 
um, uh, it just comes back and hits me that much harder. So I'm going to try and get through tonight because this is, this is an opportunity, uh, that I don't, I don't want to miss. And I don't mean opportunity in a good way. Um, I want to talk to you about the search warrant for a former president of the United States. What an, what an amazing, unbelievable thing to happen. Um, really unprecedented. And um, it's it's an important thing to discuss. And I've got several th- several points that I want to share with you if I can make it through. And the first thing that I want to share with you is if you ever want to know if somebody's judgment has been impaired by partisanship, then you look at an example that is happening right now. and And it becomes obvious. And in my opinion, it's an open admission that you are, that your judgment has been impaired by partisanship. And that is anybody who is out there, any uh, political talking head, any elected Republican official or Democrat official who is out there today criticizing the FBI attacking the FBI, demanding investigations, saying how outrageous. I've been hearing a new one. You know what it is now? It's not defund the police. It's defund the FBI. You have been hearing that today from Republicans who didn't want to defund the police, but now they want to defund the FBI. It's remarkable. Anybody who is proclaiming today, that this search warrant was unjustified, that this is part of a corrupt government, that this should never happen and cannot happen. Anyone who is making that claim today is a blatant partisan who has lost their objectivity because there is no possible way that you can know right now what the evidence is, what was presented to a judge, what the probable cause was. So if you are out ahead of this, saying that this is an outrage, that there is no justification for this, demanding that the FBI be dismantled, claiming that this is the deep state, then you no longer can tell the difference between right and wrong, and you are stuck in a world of right versus left. And it's actually why I actually appreciate these moments in a way, because it becomes obvious. If you are a Democrat and you are saying, finally, finally, Trump's going to get caught and, and is going to pay the price for what he's done, you're in the same boat. If you're out saying he's guilty and you're a Democrat, if you're out saying it's about time and you don't know what the probable cause was and you don't know what the investigation uh, is following, then you have lost your judgment. Now, if you remember, those of you who have listened to me on my time on KSL through now, 
I made the same claim during the Mueller investigation when it first happened. Democrats were coming out saying that this was collusion between the pre between the president and there, the investigation was just getting started. And I'm like, if you've already decided that you know what this is and you're not willing to wait and let the process work its way through, then you are, you're out of it. You're gone. You're too, you're in too deep and you've lost your judgment. So for me, I just want to point that out, that if you want to know, just look on the right or the left, anybody who's saying that this was an outrage and that it shouldn't have happened and that Trump is innocent and that this is, this is part of the deep state and that the FBI should be dismantled, you are in too deep. And if you're a Democrat and you're saying, thank goodness, it's about time, he needs to be held accountable, you are in too deep. And this is why we need to replace certain people in Washington. Because they cannot tell right from wrong anymore. They don't care what the evidence is. You know, you know what is happening on both sides of the aisle? You know what they're doing with this? They're fundraising. This has become just another way to divide us. They're fundraising like crazy and they're whipping people up into a frenzy using fear, hatred, and anger. When you cannot know, all we know right now is that whatever a judge saw as evidence of probable cause, that he felt that there was justification. And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, there better be some pretty darn good justification. If this is just about pu public records or something simple like that, uh, this is a this is uh, this would be an unbelievable uh, situation. And uh, Republicans and Trump will will be justified in their anger, but not until we know. Now Trump may have a good indication because a lot of times a search warrant will tell you what they're looking for and what violations they're looking for. But you know Trump is not going to uh, concede to any wrongdoing. He's going to play this up and he's going to use it to divide. This, this one act could be one of the final things that divides our nation in such a way that it is no longer uh, repairable. If there is not uh, incredibly strong justification for this, then this may have sealed the fate of the 2024 election. This may have sealed the fate of the midterm elections because it, this search warrant is, is ammunition from the right and they are going to use it. So... The first thing that I hope is that when we find out what's going on, it better be some pretty strong justification. But if you've already decided and you don't know, 
why it happened and you don't know what the evidence is and you're out proclaiming what this is and you're already destroying people's faith in the FBI and you don't know if you're willing to attack the FBI and you don't know, then I I don't understand how you can believe in the Constitution and do that. I don't understand. If you're willing to destroy, uh, let's destroy people's faith in the election. Let's destroy people's faith in the FBI. Let's just, uh, and before we know anything, if you've already drawn a conclusion, you're in too deep, man. You, you're in too deep. And, and you know what else really frustrates me is you've become what you hate. You've become what you hate. And the person I'm running against, Chris Stewart, falls into this category. He tweeted out, and he's tweeted this out several times now, that we're get get ready, President Biden, because when we take over Congress after the midterms, we are going to be investigating you like you've been investigating us. So get ready, because it is game on. Did they not see what they're doing? You see, here's what I don't understand, and maybe you can help me understand it. The claim from the right is that Democrats are abusing their power the deep state is causing all of these investigations and that Trump has been investigated so much and accused of so much and it's terrible. It's unbelievable what the Democrats have done. It's terrible. It's wrong. It's outrageous. In other words, the right is so upset at all of these investigations. Now, if you were somebody who was principled and you were so upset at the way that you were being treated, your response should not be, oh, I'm going to do it to you. Because if it's wrong and you hate it, and your answer is to embrace it, and to do it even more aggressively than they did, then you have become what you hate. And all this is is a guarantee from Chris Stewart and everybody else who is embracing this mentality. All it is is a guarantee that each side is going to continue to get more aggressive. They're going to continue to embrace the bad tactics of the other side. And so it's a guarantee that if we keep these people in office, that we're just going to get worse and worse every single day. Chris Stewart is literally saying that because you did us wrong, we're going to do you even worse. That's his philosophy. Now, my belief is that 
if you truly think those tactics are wrong, if you truly feel that this is not how anybody should behave or use their congressional power, then don't you say we would never do that? Don't you say, look at this behavior and we're not going to be like them? Isn't, isn't that what you're supposed to say? That we're better? Because you've, you've been screaming and crying that this is wrong, that this, what they've done is an abuse of power. It's outrageous. So Chris Stewart, shouldn't you be saying, we're better than that? We're not going to abuse our power. We're not going to tie up Congress with all of these investigations before we have anything to even uh, point to. He's literally saying that because you did bad, we're going to do bad. This is the new philosophy of the two parties. And I've told you over and over again that this reminds me of my kids when I'd when they were younger and I'd walk in the room and they're both fighting and they're screaming at each other. And I come in and I try to make sense of what happened and what do they both say? He started it. That's what Chris Stewart is saying. That's what our elected officials are saying. They're a bunch of children saying he started it as if that's a justification. It is not a justification to be worse or equally as bad as the other side. That just makes you like them. I'm really, honestly, I want you to think about this. Aren't, if your side has, uh, is right, if your side is better, then shouldn't you be saying when you see those things that are so disgusting and that you hate, shouldn't you be saying we would never be like that? We would never resort to those measures? because we are actually principled. But you know what? You can't fundraise off of that. You know, you can't gin people up to fear, hatred, and anger off of that. And so what we're left with is two parties who are trying to outbad the other side. And I'll just ask you, what, what, what is our future then? What is our future if uh, Chris Stewart is already saying we're going to investigate you, Biden? Oh, yeah, you watch out when we get in power. And then uh, power swings back to the other side because that's the way it works in this country. And the Democrats say, oh, yeah, you did us bad. So we're going to wait until you see what we're going to do. And then that pendulum swings back to the other side. Where does it all end? I, I heard a report today that there was a tweet every second that had the word civil war in it. A tweet every second today that contained 
the word civil war. And I got to ask you, over what? Honestly, over what? A tax cut? Health care? I mean, we're acting like like this is this is a battle between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. And it's just not. It's just not. It's a battle of ideas. It's a it's a battle of 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 people who have every right to fight for what they believe and the way our country should be should be run. It's exactly what the, what the founders wanted is people to send elected officials to Congress and to to the Senate and have them have them fight for their beliefs. And if you don't like their beliefs, you don't you don't take up arms. You battle in the arena of ideas. You know, it's, it's funny. Anytime somebody. Uh, Anytime somebody mentions civil war, I ask them, okay, let's say you have this civil war, all right, um, and you win. What kind of government are you going to put in place? And you know what they tell me? They say, we're going to restore the Constitution. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Because it's the Constitution that is causing the problem that you don't like. This is what people are missing. It is the Constitution that allows for there to be a side that disagrees with you. And they have every right to use their vote and to, to, to use their representation to fight for that. And somehow you think that restoring the document that allows that is going to solve the problem? Or somehow you think that in a civil war, what are you going to do? You're, so is it going to be against the left then? Are you going to kill everybody on the left? Are you just going to uh, take control and force your will upon them at, at gunpoint? That's not what... That's not what representation is about. That's not what the Constitution is about. This inspired document that, that people swear an allegiance to is the very thing that gives the opposition their, their rights, their power, their ability to fight for what they believe. That's the beauty of the document. The document, nowhere in the document does it suggest that if you can't get your way, you pick up arms. That was the whole point of the document, that you wouldn't have to do that. That you can compete in the arena of ideas. People who think that somehow the, the uh, Constitution is about, I get my way politically or there's a civil war, you've never read the document or you think it says something that it doesn't, uh, but you don't understand it. And, and don't for a, a second think that your thought process is somehow endorsed by the Constitution 
or endorsed by the, the, the framers of the Constitution, you're actually embracing the tactics of uh, other types of groups who didn't use democracy or representation. They used force to force their will upon all people. And that's what it sounds to me like you want to do. Like you no longer want to compete in the arena of ideas. You no longer want to have to, you know, go and fight it out in Congress. You'd rather just force it on people at gunpoint or take it away at using uh, other tactics like gerrymandering or other types of things. It's like people love representation and uh, a representative government until they don't get what they want. People love the Constitution and the Bill of Rights until they don't get what they want. That's where we're at, my friends. That's, that's what's happening right now. And it's being done in the name of the Constitution. That's what blows my mind. That's how warped and backwards that thought process is. That somehow, for example, the people who stormed the Capitol on the 6th, they've been led to believe that they were supporting the Constitution. That's how backwards it's become. And so, my friends, we need to choose different. Um, David says, Chris Stewart... It, Seward's response was one of the most ridiculous statements I've seen from him. Yeah, just you wait. You think what you... And he's he's been criticizing their behavior forever. So here's what you do. You criticize somebody's behavior. You talk about how bad it is. And then you turn around and do exactly what you've been criticizing for years. Really? And you think somehow you have moral high ground? No. What you're saying is that uh, if they're bad, I'm going to be worse. Uh, let's see. Anthony Joseph on Facebook, he says, we need to educate ourselves on the investigation and speak to what we believe rather than spreading the ideas of others without even understanding details of the issue. You're exactly right, Anthony. If somebody's out today, like you heard me what I said, I sure hope that uh, there's some real probable cause here. And I would like to believe that the Department of Justice would not have done this unless this is very serious. See, I'm not telling you that the FBI is evil. I'm not telling you that it needs to be dismantled, defund the FBI. I am uh, speculating on what they have, but I'm not willing to destroy the FBI on the day after a search warrant was issued. When I haven't seen the search warrant, I don't know what the evidence of the investigation is. And I did the same thing with the Mueller report. Let's wait and see. But if you've already decided, then your partisanship is showing. 
let's see. Jacob on Facebook says it could be completely unrelated to the election and fraud, right? So, uh, again, this is this is speculation. There uh, was some information released today that the FBI had been communicating back and forth with attor- with Trump's attorneys about getting these classified documents back. And apparently those communications broke down. Now, I don't know how legitimate that information is. It's very hard early on to sort through the muck. Um, if this is just about classified documents, those better be some pretty, pretty damning things. Uh, I saw some people saying that they think it's a combination of both. Uh, classified documents that reveal information potentially about January 6th or about interference in the Georgia uh, election or something like that, that it could be a combination of both. I sure hope, and I think we all should hope, that the Department of Justice did not just do this on a whim uh, and a judge didn't sign off on this without some major justification. Uh, that to me is the level of uh, uh, and, and and not every Republican is is diving on attacking the FBI today. I think it's Lindsey Graham saying kind of what I'm saying. Look, this better be <laughs> this better be something. If not, uh, you just handed the election to Trump in 2024, and you've taken us one step closer to civil war. I I would. I'll tell you what I would like to see. If it's not something that is mind-blowingly criminal, uh, I would like to see Biden uh, pardon Trump. Just like Nixon was pardoned. So that we can get past all of this. If it is majorly egregious, uh, in you know, crimes and misdemeanors like, you know, where there must be accountability and and we have to make it so he can't run again, uh, then fight on. But I if it's if it's minor, I'd love to just and I think it would be wise of Democrats to take away the power and the fundraising ability that this brings. Just pardon the man. Now that doesn't um there's like five or six different investigations that are on a federal level and a state level. So uh, a pardon doesn't necessarily uh, settle the state issues. Um, I do believe uh, that that Trump has broken some laws. Um, I do believe that he tried to meddle in the election um, with Georgia. We heard him on the phone doing it. I mean, when you, you call up somebody and you're the president of the United States and you tell the head of the elections, I need you to find me 11,301 or whatever the number is, a specific number of votes. Uh, I don't consider that to be uh, lawful because you're the president of the freaking United States. So uh, my personal belief is that there are some things there. But for the sake of our country, for the sake of moving on and not uh, empowering this man even more and playing into his hands, man, I'd love to see it go away.
Uh, Jake says, this is why a two-party duopoly is doomed to fail. Both sides know the other is willing to ignore the rules, so they do as well. You're exactly right, Jake. You're exactly right. And I will tell you, you know, my experience with running for Congress so far is, unfortunately, when you're trying to be reasonable, when you're trying to build on common ground, when you're trying to be better than the other side— we live in a time where it's hard to get donations. If I send out an email today saying that evil Nancy Pelosi and and go Brandon and uh, Joe Biden this and terrible this, I would get way more donations than if I come on and talk in a reasonable fashion and say at some point somebody's got to take the high ground. And so that tells me that that we bear a responsibility here. Uh, there, I've shared with you the study that people in the middle, and I believe most of the people in the country are in the mainstream middle, they're the least likely to donate to a candidate. They're the least likely to make a Facebook post. They're the least likely to attend a campaign event. And so what happens is it's the extremes, the parties are ginning people up and they're only getting donations by being as ugly and as toxic as they can. And so it becomes this, this beast that just feeds itself. And so uh, politicians are trained that if they want to raise money, they've got to be, they've got to just be, they've got to dehumanize people. They've got to uh, spread misinformation. They've got to peddle in hate and foment anger. No, no, by the way, everything is, all of this was predicted by George Washington. All of this that is happening right now. He said, this is exactly what's going to happen. Um, let's see, on Twitch, uh, is a hoser. Uh, he says, they will justify anything as long as it hurts Trump. Uh, with this raid, they've shown how afraid they are of him running again and winning. See, you're doing exactly what I'm talking about. You haven't seen the evidence. You don't know why this happened. But you've already decided that you know why. You, you've already decided that you know exactly what their motivation is. This is what I'm talking about. How can you know that? You can't. You're in too deep. If you've already decided that this is because they fear Trump, this, this search warrant was based upon fear of Trump in 2024. You've already decided that. And you don't know what the probable cause was. You don't know what's in the document. How can you, how can you know that? You, you can't. So you're in too deep. Uh, Anthony says the rallies are not representative, definitely extremists on both sides. Absolutely. Uh, but both sides handle their, um, they handle it in a different way. And I would tell you the fear of Trump in 2024, um, I, I don't know why you think the Democrats are in fear of Trump in 2024. Uh, they gave him a pretty good slacking, is that a word? Uh, in this last election. Um, 
so I I don't know why uh, you think that's going to happen. Now, there are some other factors uh, that could contribute to him rising like a phoenix, and that is if inflation continues and gas prices continue, people might be saying, well, you know, we'll hold our nose and get Trump back in office. Um, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't think at this point there is fear of Trump. And I am telling you right now, uh, they are not dumb enough to feed that beast with a search warrant that is not justifiable. If they're that dumb, then they deserve to lose. I mean, think about that. If you're abusing your power of the Department of Justice in in an act that is going to play out in front of the world, because we're going to end up seeing these documents, we're going to end up knowing what this was, and they think that somehow, uh, somehow if they don't have anything to go on, that Americans are not going to notice, and that that's not going to empower Trump, I mean, come on. That would just be, that would just be uh, ridiculous if you ask me. Uh, Kathy says, I can't say I agree with the pardon even for a minor offense. I feel one of our biggest problems is the lack of accountability for our elected officials. I think that the accountability we need for our elected officials, certainly if there's criminal behavior, Kathy, um, but the accountability we need is for people to hold them to standards again. Instead, we're justifying the worst behavior because the other side engages in bad behavior. And so instead of holding our side to a higher standard, which we should be doing, we actually justify a lower standard than we're trying to hold the other side to. And that guarantees that we're just getting worse and worse. Um, sometimes I think you have to consider the the farther reaching consequences of an issue. Um, I agreed with the pardon of Nixon. I think it allowed the nation to move on faster and heal faster. When, when you look at something uh, like this and you're gonna set a precedent where you are going to issue a search warrant on a former president of the United States, that needs to rise to a tremendous level for me. Otherwise, it it just looks like an abuse of power. And in today's world, it's gonna look like that anyway. So you better, you better be careful. Um, so uh, I would like to see Trump go away I would like to see um, people understand what he caused and what he did. And unfortunately, every time he is investigated, every time there is a January 6th commission, every time there is something out there, they are feeding Trump. They are empowering Trump. They are emboldening him. And his, his, uh, his followers. And so if you, if you go down this path and from what I'm hearing that to, to have conducted this raid, then Merrick Garland, 
uh, would have had to have signed off on it. Man, um, you better have something. You better have something. Or uh, this is going to be unbelievable. I heard some people today saying it feels like Democrats actually want another January 6th. Um, I, I also see people saying, uh, why wasn't, uh, you know, we're playing that game. What about Hillary's emails? Uh, what about Hunter Biden? Uh, my only response to that is, uh, Trump said he was going to lock up Hillary Clinton. He was the president of the United States for four years. Um, I'm sure if there was something there, there, uh, that it would have happened. Uh, and you should blame the, whoever was in charge for the last four years um, who was on the other side of the aisle. If those things didn't happen, you should be asking them why. Not saying, oh, they got away with it. So uh, why, why should, you know, why are you doing this now? Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, let's see any other comments here that I missed. My voice is doing okay, don't you think? I'm surviving all right. Um, let's see. Uh, Kathy says, wait, isn't the head of the FBI Trump appointed? Um, yeah, I think that's the case. But this would have had to have been signed off on by Merrick Garland at the highest levels. Um, and I'm... I'm sure I'm sure Biden was asked about it, that he had some knowledge of it. Um, a speculation on my part. Let's make that clear. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael also saying, let's not forget Trump appointed the FBI. Well, you know, people forget, you know, people want to blame the Democrats for the Mueller report. It was Republicans who assigned the special counsel. So the only way you can justify all that if you're if you're in so deep on the right is that you blame the deep state. And I that's the other thing I heard so many times today. The deep state this, the deep state that, the deep state this. Um, you know, Trump had four years to drain the swamp. Apparently it didn't happen. And so now there's all these people that uh, were around him that are, you know, testifying in January 6th trial. I mean, everybody's talking about how awful the January 6th trial was and, you know, another witch hunt. And it was just people who were in his inner circle testifying, you know, <laughs> just blows my mind how we, uh, how we spin all of this. Anyway, uh, that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. If, Somebody has already is already telling you that this is the deep state. If they're willing to trash the FBI and talk about defunding the FBI, if they're out like my opponent saying, uh, oh, yeah, you wait. When we get power back, we're going to be investigating you. What does a partisan look like? What does somebody who's lost their judgment to partisanship look like? They're out there on both sides of the aisle today. If you hear Democrats saying, finally, Trump is going to be held accountable for his crimes, but you don't know what the what is in the documentation, you don't know what the evidence is, your partisanship is showing. So we see it on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I say, I'm going to be crazy. You know, I'm not going to get a lot of donations for saying this. I'm going to be crazy and say, hey, I have an idea. 
Why don't we wait and see what the probable cause was? <laughs> Is that too crazy? <laughs> Is that just madness? Hey, I don't know. Because, look, you know I have this kind of on again, off again uh, feeling about Trump that I do agree with some of the things he did. Uh, but in the end, that was all thrown away with the election lies. But, um, <laughs> you know, to, so I will tell you that even with this on again, off again relationship I've had with Trump, um, he is still, in my mind, innocent until proven guilty. And so at this point, what you have is probable cause from a judge. That's the first thing I asked. Okay, was there a judge involved? Was there a magistrate? Yeah, okay. So they followed the Constitution. They issued the search warrant. Okay. So now let's wait and see what's in the, what's, what evidence do they have? What did they consider probable cause? And Trump is innocent. Democrats, he's innocent until proven guilty in this regard, in this investigation. Anyway, Republicans, stop trashing the FBI. These are Americans. These are, these are people who swore an oath. Stop trashing the FBI for your political gain. Stop it. it. It's it's remarkable when, um, you know, you want to be pro-police or pro-law enforcement until you don't agree with their actions. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, they're under the bus like everybody else. Uh, Greg says, and more likely it's a judge nominated by Trump. I did hear that in passing today. Can anybody confirm that? that this judge was nominated by Trump. I believe that is the case. Um, David, David Lamoureux joining us. Uh, he says, I don't think you are crazy in wanting to wait and see. I agreed with this approach. <laughs> it is crazy though, David. I mean, we're just in the minority here. You know, I, and, and by the way, those of you who've listened to me for years, you know that I have held this same belief for everybody. I, I hate it when, uh, when a prosecutor, a DA comes out and they say, uh, they taint the jury pool and they say, we've, we've caught the person and, and, uh, and they reveal all these details and all of these things. To me, it taints. Uh, the opportunity for innocent until proven guilty. And here we are with people who are willing to destroy anybody, entire government organizations, because something happened that they think is uh, done only because, as, as somebody said in our chat today, that this was done because they're afraid of him running again. Or they'll do anything to hurt Trump. Oh, you're in too deep, man. Uh, yeah, so that's my crazy uh, campaign uh, suggestion. If you want to quote from JMAC today, hey, call me crazy. Don't you think we should wait until we see what the probable cause was? 
and we see if there's an indictment, don't, don't you think we should wait before we throw Americans under the bus and entire institutions? I, is that just wild? Apparently it is, my friends. Apparently it is. Listen, that's about all my voice can handle. I, I apologize for not being on the air. Those of you who joined us late, I got uh, hit by COVID almost three weeks ago. You can hear it in my voice. Uh, I'm only now in the last couple of days feeling a little bit better, but normally when I talk, I break out in coughing fits. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to even be able to do the show tonight. Um, so I appreciate your patience. The podcast has suffered because of the campaign and because of COVID. Um, so I appreciate your patience um, as uh, as we fight to change hearts and minds and restore some level, level of civility uh, to Congress uh, before it's too late. And we may already be too far gone at this point. I don't know. Um, please uh, go to jmacforutah.com. Uh, if you have some money you can send our way, I promise you I will use it to try and restore the civility. I will, uh, I will use your dollars to try and set an example of how campaigns should be run, of how we should treat each other, of how we should deal with issues. Um, so if you can make a donation, I promise you that I will be a good steward of that money that you send. And if you can't make a donation, then please help us out in other ways. You can like this uh, podcast. That's one way to do it. You can share it. You can go to jmacforutah.com and sign up for our newsletter. And you can volunteer there. You can help us spread the word. Um, anything that you can do, thank you, Kathy, for liking the stream. Anything that you can do, within your sphere of influence. Uh, we've got to activate those people who are sitting this out because they feel like they've been disenfranchised by the duopoly, by the extremes on the right or left. We've got to activate. Um, I feel like uh, it's, it's like uh, a bug's life, and I've shared this with you before, and Carl the Cricket is outside, so he may not like this story, but you remember in Bug's Life, the crickets had to make all the ants believe that they had all the power. And that once the ants realized that they outnumbered the crickets, they took the power back. And I believe that we're in that circumstance with the mainstream middle. If you look at the polling numbers, most people are not on the far right or the far left. But that's the hardest group to activate. Um, and that's that's the long shot that, that that's what we're trying to accomplish here. So uh, if you want change, it's t you've got to put your money where your mouth is now. There's no other way we're going to get change. We're just not. And I'm afraid what most people are doing in the middle is they're just checking out. They're saying we can't control it. We can't change it. Um, we don't want to participate in it. So I'm just going to focus on my life and, uh, you know, that's, that's all I can do. Uh, so please help out in any way you can and help us spread the word. Thank you for, for joining me tonight. I hope you're all doing well. Um, maybe I'll be back on Thursday. I'm not going to make any promises at this point. Uh, hopefully we can get some events on the schedule coming up as I'm feeling better. I know on, uh, 
August 25th. We'll be uh, up north uh, in Davis County uh, doing an event with Evan McMullen. I'll get you more details on that. Elizabeth, thank you for liking the stream. Um, January Walker says the middle is full of solutionists. We need solutions for them to rally around. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, it's it's one of those things, and you know this, January, because you're on the campaign trail. We've got to somehow make them believe that those solutions are viable. Um, that they're not that they're good ideas, but that there's enough of us behind them that we can actually get them in play. Otherwise, they're going to continue to participate in the duopoly, believing that there are no other options. So we've got to get a collective voice together and uh, take this country back from the extremes. And I agree that good ideas are part of that. Um, but it's not like there aren't good ideas out there. Uh, the problem is that the two parties don't want to pass those good ideas. They want to divide us. Uh, they make more money on that division. So uh, January Walker says the United Utah Party has viable solutions. That's why I'm a member. And January Walker is as well. Uh, all right, my friends. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Great comments. I appreciate them. And uh, let's do this. Let's take this country back. And remember, there are people announcing to the world today how how partisan they really are. Uh, look at it. Re take it for what it is. And realize that they're telling you to your face that they have lost their judgment because of the two-party system. That's what they're saying. So uh, with that, uh, thanks again, and I'll let you all go. Have a wonderful night, and uh, hopefully I'll be feeling better on, on Thursday and we can get back out on the campaign trail. Uh, Jake says you're the best, Jay. Thank you so much, Jake. Thank you, everybody, for joining me tonight. Uh, have a wonderful night, and I will – whoa, I'm moving the screen around. Hang on a sec. Look at that. I'm real shaky tonight. Oh, it. Wait. Okay, there we go. That's the other thing with uh, with COVID. It gotten real shaky. You know, I shake anyway. Um, but COVID for some reason has really amplified that. All right, my friends, have a wonderful night, and uh, I will catch you soon. And I will catch you soon. <laughs> Good night.